0: I'm sorry that I missed your party. I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie. You got me. I was busy thinking about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was busy thinking about boys, boys.
1: Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome to Aya versus the big boys. Tonight's fight, the 2021 Golden Boys. Hello and welcome yet again. My name is Kevin Cookman, back here as your resident big boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are somehow still struggling Oof. in a global pandemic. Most of us working from home. The side effect of that maybe less so now than before. A lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies still we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call it the canon. Call it the IMDb Top 250 or Call them the big boys. The pinnacles of cinema may be the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It is time, once again, for a bro movie beatdown. Without any further ado, in today's episode, and every episode, watching today's films for the very first time throughout the year and every year, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself, the biggest boy on your block, Aya Layman.
2: What's up, my man? How's it going? We're back. We're back, Back in the baby. New York
1: groove. The
2: boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. The big boys are back in town. Am I right?
1: Ooh, am I right, brother? A, oh, they, they told me I fell off. Ooh, I needed that. I needed that. Iya, we're back after a month hiatus. We took a holiday break. We did. I I am rejuvenated. I am a new me. My skin is shining. Okay. My hair is flowing. It's be- my Kevin, muscles toned.
2: L- l- let's take a pause. On, let's take a pause on the podcast. Oh? Kevin's hair has been oh? looking gorgeous lately.
1: Ooh, gorgeous.
2: Thank you. Gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Yesterday, oh my yesterday, Lord. Kevin and I went to go see Scream Five Cream, if you will, and. <laughs> I just I, like as you're leaving the theater I was I was stunned I was just like I was I was breathless over how gorgeous Kevin's hair looks right now there's a little wave to it a little flip to it Wow, really stunning wow, wow. really stunning work here
1: but one time buddy. I've ever been gassed up on the pod I'm treasuring this <laughs> I'm glad it's recorded I'm glad I have proof
2: I'm glad that you use your time off to start like quaffing you know
1: yeah, no, I, I use my time off to stop looking like I watch movies for <laughs> all, my, all my life and living.
2: <laughs> Not just most of your life and living.
1: Uh, so, but, but what about you, Aya? How was your last month? The last time we spoke as just people, we yeah. haven't even talked outside of the podcast. Not once. <laughs> we watched Eyes Wide Shut. We and did. And then... Uh, and then Omicron killed another for two hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting, you know, interim period. Have you glown up? You gl- did you glow up?
2: I did. I feel so good, Kevin. I really can't stress enough how good I feel. Do you? F- I feel really good. Sorry to the novel Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, it feels so bad to be like, I'm actually doing really well when everyone I know is like, God, this has been like the hardest month of my life. And I'm like, I'm actually thriving. Um, No one expects anything from me. I don't have to leave my house, which used to be like really hard for me. And now I'm like, I get to watch a movie with Olive. Check. Perfect day. Vibing. BTS is on break as well. So I don't have to be like, I'm not like staying up till four to watch, you know, random Six hour long award shows live from Korea. Uh, it's been <laughs> half, half. to <laughs> half. Yeah. Least, I mean, yeah, it's my job, you know, it's my part time job. Uh, yeah, yeah, all
1: right.
2: <laughs> I'm so relaxed. I feel like a new little woman.
1: Wow, what do you do? Is it like a new diet or what's going on?
2: Not a damn thing, buddy.
1: You cut gluten or something? I'm
2: just relaxing, Chief. I've tried to stop eating sugar because um, it really hurts my entire body now because I'm ancient. Mm. Um, In my 29th year, I got to just cut some shit out, but I'm just like really relaxed. Maybe it was not doing the... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to become Haggard again now that we're doing the podcast again. But I truly have just been sitting outside in the sun every single day, hanging out with Olive, watching movies, watching some TV, just trying to to thrive, Kev.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted because (laughs) I versus the big boys is back to make 2022 the biggest it's ever been. The
2: biggest boy of them all. 2022.
1: How do you think 2021 went for the show?
2: I think it was pretty good. I was running through 2022 today because I have a project that I'd like to announce. I will, I've will. i started a Google Doc where I'm going to um, keep track of all the hottest of the flicks of all time. Okay. Which is very important to me.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> I listened to, um, I'd say the first six months of the year today. Um, inter- and just to collect, not that full episodes, but just to collect. The hottest of the flick (laughs) for each one, Uh, just for funsies. Uh huh. Uh,
0: So,
2: I was, so I, in doing that, uh, hopefully by the time this episode is out, that will launch and I can tweet about it and post, like, follow (laughs) along. That will
0: launch. I'm
2: (laughs) launching this really big, uh, big project I've been working on.
0: Okay. Um,
2: So, I've been, been, I was reconsidering a lot of the stuff we did this year. And you know what, Kevin? Kevin? Yeah. 2021, yeah. 2021 was long.
1: It was a full year. It yeah. was.
2: It was. I mean, you say that, but it was really six years in one year. You know.
1: I I agree. I think you know. In in the larger even like political scheme, a lot of people are sort of in debate whether twenty twenty one was somehow worse than twenty twenty. It was. Uh, it was. It. It. Yeah. It kind of was. It was.
2: It was. Because there was a level of freedom, but at the same time, like things didn't get better, you know. So I do agree. I actually am like, no, I took a. I feel like I took way more L's in 2021. Frankly, what do you think? Did you take some L's in 2021? What's your L oh, status like?
1: Oh, my my batting average on L's was real solid <laughs> between 2020 and 2021. It was a nice shared distribution. So
2: do you see? Do you are you in the camp where I feel like some people are like 2021 was really just a longer 2020.
1: I think 2021 was a, a, a like undoubtedly objectively better for my mental than 2020 was because 2020 okay. was legitimately I thought oh I I could die any day yeah there is there is no respite getting vaccinated in 2021 true huge huge W M- major 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 now I'm just paranoid about long COVID because the symptoms sound like things that would make me want to kill myself in that a video game really tough. Uh but like. It, having the weight off my shoulders of knowing that like, okay, if someone I know gets it, I know they're not immediately dead.
2: Yeah. There's no <laughs> chance. Which is, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's still chance, what, right. but less chance.
1: But the whole thing of like us trying to get back to normal and like people being like, well, I got vaccinated twice. So obviously I'm immune. Yeah. There's no more bad things in the world. That shit is like driving me crazy, but I think that shit always drove me crazy. So I think I'm kind of just getting back into the groove of plugging in all the shit that didn't matter but I was still upset about in 2019, but then combining that with apocalyptic end times scenarios of what 2020 and 2021 brought. So it's like, in in 2022, my mind has kind of settled down. It's been a little easier. Good. I mean, to connect it to the show, though, (laughs) 2021 (laughs) (laughs) was definitely... Pretty challenging, I found. I had a really good time, but like that whole concept of things kind of back to normal, but then not. Yeah, really threw a lot of our theming into flux. Where I was like, week after week, I would look at the calendar of what we could program, and I was just like, I guess we just talk about whatever we like because there's <laughs> nothing happening. Yeah, like, there's no real topical shit to tie any of this into. So that's why, like, we have a week where we did. Pink flamingos, mommy, and Unforgiven, back to back to I back. I thought that was
2: fun. That was a
1: good run. I thought it was really fun too. Did not. I'll, I'll tell you this: a little spoiler on the back end for our listeners. Not our most popular episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, <A worm? laughs> not Gangbusters, <laughs> which would be which is a bummer because like that is sort of the ma- for me the magic of us doing the show where we could just do. Whatever we want. But then also we also kinda want people to listen so we can't do whatever we Right, want. Right, right. Totally, totally,
2: totally. No, you're right. So no, it you're was right. yeah.
1: it was definitely easier in the back end of the year once movies started coming out that we can kind of even like I think like in an ideal world where there is no pandemic, our French dispatch episode would be a type of episode that we did much more frequently. Where it's just, oh, of course there's a new Wes Anderson, let's do a big Wes Anderson episode, bada bing, bada boom. And uh having to like fill it in with like oh i guess we'll do s- the suicide squad and then the week after that we'll do all that jazz and then the week before that uh, uh a woman under the influence by cassavetes <laughs> but i don't i wh- what did you think of of programming the, the past year did you have did you have i mean you were the one watching these movies for the first time did you get like a bit of like whiplash in the middle of all that were you exhausted at some point
2: i i think i was getting i got a little tired here and there you know as one is wont to do when you're sitting and talking a lot. There was a, a time that was really tough in like July. It just got a little, just like so much, you know? And like new re- like new releases and things. As things were opening up again, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can leave my house now. Do I have time for this? But like ultimately I I enjoy it so much that I want to make time for it. But I remember at that time I was just kind of like, oh my God, like I have like a no- my normal life is coming back now it doesn't feel that way
0: (laughs) at the time
2: it certainly did um but overall i mean like overall it's been i was so i was like catching up because i really wanted to log all of the movies that i watched last year on letterboxd because i continually forget to log things um right and so i was i truly sat down one night while i was watching maybe housewives or something and i logged every movie we covered, every movie i remembered watching with my friends or by myself or with my mom, like i just went back and logged everything. obviously not to like clog people's feeds, but to just like put it all together. and i realized how many movies we watch for this podcast, obviously. but it just like doesn't hit you when you're watching a new movie every single week on top of the movies that i already am watching. uh and it does feel i feel very empowered to have watched a lot more movies and to like no shit i feel like this year was the first year i really felt like i was like oh yeah i've seen that you know or like oh that movie's called this and it's actually really good you know
1: no yeah i mean you watched at minimum like 45 like new big boys wild which is insane like that's a whole new shelf you know like you have a whole new chapter of of like not only just knowledge to distribute but like references to understand yeah and like people having takes on these movies that you can like engage with in a more meaningful capacity than like oh i kind of know the idea of this thing. Yeah. Cuz i know last year when we talked about this you were almost dismayed that you had an opinion on die hard and that you were able to be known as in your friend group the one who watches the boy movies.
2: That was tough, yeah. It still is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How has that evolved in the past year?
2: Oh It's okay. Like, it's okay, you know? I mean, I've kind of (laughs) had to get used to having opinions that I don't... I remember sitting in the theater with my friends uh, after House of Gucci, and we started talking about, like, his other work from that year, and I was like, he just made this movie called Lost Duel that's, like, got Ben Affleck in it, and it's about, like, you know, like, this medieval, like, rape trial. And my friend was like, that sounds fucking terrible, and I would never want to see it. And I was like, it's actually really good. (laughs) And I was like... I don't want, and then like another friend of mine, like I said, brought up the licorice pizza discourse, and I was like, no, it's actually really good, and I think that this discourse is like really silly, and she was like, that's, she kind of like insinuated that I was being gross, and I had to, and I was like, well, have you seen it? And she was like, no, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about then. (laughs) It it feels like it's so hard to like be on the other side of that argument where I'm like, oh, now I like like maybe my friends think I'm a misogynist, but I'm like, no, I just like um, have all the facts.
1: (laughs) You know, it's key to fucking everything that's that's uh, revolving around us having like literally accurate context. Yeah. And whether or not like you could I mean, we could have a completely different experience watching these movies like we could just watch fucking like we can just watch JFK and Dog Day Afternoon, and we, we could just walk away thinking like, oh, okay, I showed Aya a cool bank robbery movie, and I showed Aya like a 1990s historical drama. Or we can kind of like look into the real psychopaths that look at these movies and be like, oh, okay, we have a chronicle of 70s inequality, and we also have uh, a movie that explains why people think Bush did 9-11. <laughs> I'm obviously uh, a huge proponent for watching these things just because uh I mean if if it's going to be huge in the culture I think you should kind of understand why people are going to tick it's like right now I'm watching Euphoria because I I did not expect it to take off like I knew it was popular when it happened watching in 2019 Euphoria? because it's it it's truly now a phenomenon like it I is, think yeah. it's it's really rare for a TV show or a movie I think that declares itself as important to actually become important. I think a lot of those kind of just fall to the wayside. But euphoria is actually living up to what it thinks of itself. And people are buying into that. And so I'm now watching this terrible, awful, like, near pedophilic TV show. Just so I can kind of understand what is in our collective cultural waters. You do like it? Oh, God. It's like... At least at least skins told you. Okay, this is these are the issues skins! of London.
2: Don't you know? even talk like, about skins on this podcast, Kevin. I'll go long.
1: Oh no. Okay. All right. Anyways, Euphoria it's tripe, it's trash and uh he Sam Levinson writes basically every episode and so anytime there's like a genuine sparkle of like, oh, is this working? You then remember who's writing it and you're like, "Oh, I do not feel safe in your hands." whatsoever i've seen sydney sweeney's titties in this show more times than i've seen ex-girlfriend's titties
2: and then and then she had to actually be like can i please stop taking my shirt off
1: <laughs> so so you know in many ways i'm doing my own kevin versus the big boys and uh, just you know
2: oh my god he every made day assassination just to catch up. and he malcolm did, yeah. and marie
1: oh yeah he made malcolm and marie what are
0: we doing here
2: oh <gasps> he made deep water Okay. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You know, I'm excited for that. You know, I can't wait for some deep water. I can't wait to get into some deep water.
1: So, the point being, we are learning a lot about the cultures around us, it seems, from uh, looking at and uh, I guess studying some of the biggest cultural artifacts from the culture around us. Who'd have thought? Who'd have fucking thunk? Aya, did you have a favorite movie from the 2021 season?
2: <sighs> and this is tough, okay? This is really tough. And we'll talk about this more later. When we talked about it, I was very anti Under the Silver Lake.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no.
2: Having seen it, having talked to my friends about it.
1: Oh,
0: fuck.
2: I've been Under the Silver Lake pilled.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: And I have actually been meaning to watch it again. (laughs) Let me just. Under the Silver Lake streaming, yeah. This okay. is yeah. It's on Hulu. We're good.
1: A travesty. This is you. You. You let your friends red pill you.
2: I did. I did. You were joking about how easy it might be to get me into QAnon, and this is proof.
1: <laughs> For context, yes, off mic. <laughs> I said it was a joke. Off <laughs> mic. It is true. Out of your seventy pressure points, all you got to do is find one of them. Just throw a dart wildly, and we could find a way to radicalize you and do whatever we want.
2: I okay, but my favorite. So, Under the Silver Lake is an unpopular choice for me. I love yes, it. Yes, it is very much. Uh, okay. I, more than I think about it, I love it more. But my favorite movie. I think that we watched this year, and probably one of my favorite movies ever. Now, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Burning as well. I thought Burning was so good, and like listening Rad? to the like little snippets of our episode I remembered how much I loved burning my favorite movie that we watched and maybe one of my favorite movies ever now was wild at heart
1: I was expecting it I I I I was so taken aback when you mentioned on the app that it was your favorite we had done so far and it uh, truthfully that was one of those episodes that changed my entire worldview on you (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean I was like whoa 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 I did not know, not to like undersell you or anything. I don't mean to, hey. to insinuate that as I'm saying this. So don't get that idea. I did not know you had that in you. I did not know that's how your brain would be wired. Wow. That Wild at Heart would immediately become an all-time favorite. It was awesome. It was great. It was incredible.
2: I, I do I, always joke to my friends that you are like famously bad at predicting my taste, uh, which I think oh, is funny.
1: <laughs> uh, a, a million percent, yeah.
2: So that's yeah. So I I really loved Wild at Heart uh, so much, and um, I'm really glad that we watched that movie. It's just such a I remember it was just such a random choice, and you were so shocked when I even picked it. Um.
1: Because that was our 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 Can episode. Cause yeah, that's when twenty twenty one Can was back.
2: Yeah. Oh, and you know what else I loved? Which um is also now one of my favorite movies ever, was Silence of the Lambs.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was right course. up your alley.
2: Which was very much a treat and it was also just like an additional treat. Where like I think what I really realized in twenty twenty one, uh Was which is something I've always known, and like I literally wrote my Common App essay about. But like, it just keeps hitting me. It was like how powerful and exciting it is to see a movie in theaters, (laughs) or like not even in theaters because I saw that one at Cinespia, but like with a big group of people, and how inspiring that can be, and how much that will change your relationship with a movie. Like, I feel like. A lot of movies I saw in theaters this year I liked so much more than I would have otherwise if I had not seen them in theaters, which I always say at the end of every single episode, like, oh, I wish I saw this in theaters. But I feel like this year really, like, reinvigorated my love for seeing movies. I think maybe more of the movies that I saw, like, uh, in rep screenings this year I enjoyed more. I think maybe being with, like, the um, the general pub for uh, AMC features, as I uh, <laughs> angrily described in a recent episode. So I-, I think that that was one of the many opportunities that I had to really reevaluate my passion for movie going.
1: No, yeah. I mean, the you know, the feeling was in the air because once I think theaters fully reopened, like the rep screenings, like around May. Yeah like June 2021 was that dream period oh, where it really felt like, oh, we, we did retreat. it. We, 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 got, we got out the other end. And I, I went to the new Bev to see the Once Upon a Time in China movies. I went to fucking Brain Dead to watch Strange Days for the first time. And like every time it was packed to the gills with people who were there to like revisit classics. But it, was, it felt more so a lot of people like me who were like, I have ne- I, I've always <laughs> heard of this insane movie and I'm going to watch it for the very first time in this awesome palace. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, I guess, like, because it was such a, a forbidden treat for such a long time. Truly! Going to the movies again felt, like, really fulfilling in, in like, a a way that I, I had never felt before.
2: Yeah. When I saw Point Break at the Los Feliz 3, and I truly almost cried several times because <laughs> it was just so powerful a uh, very exciting moment that's uh yeah i i said earlier that i took a lot of l's in 2021 i think i took like emotional l's like i think i did a lot of um reevaluating of a lot of things lots of uh, emotional l's like i said but i think yeah. overall 2020 to- 2021 was a w because we um Got to get the vaccine to protect us against the killer virus.
1: Ah, yes. Um,
2: we got to leave our houses a bit more uh, and a bit more safely, and um, I got a CBTs. So I can't. I can't say it was a total l. Okay. You
1: know? Yeah. All right. Look at look at you not letting perfect be the enemy of good.
2: Kevin, that's beautiful.
1: <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I
2: love it. Uh. Wow. Gotta- I'm gonna. I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> Oh God! I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm getting my little notepad out, and I'm writing it down.
1: Jesus Christ! I uh, the one thing. I, I here's the thing, and it's a double-edged sword. I think a lot of the movies we talked about in 2021 were dope. I thought a lot of the movies we saw were fucking awesome on this show, and it hit didn't hit me entirely. Until we had our good pal, Robert Franco, on for Robert, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh,
2: what a good episode.
1: Love that app. It was so it, 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 fun to listen to, even more fun to record.
2: Very fun to record.
1: And I, he brought up really early in that app, like, so why did you guys choose Dog Day Afternoon? I don't really think of it as a boy movie, which I disagree with him on that general concept. But <laughs> he does bring up a good point.
2: And fuck up- you, Rob, first of all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fuck you, Rob. uh but he i he does bring up a good point i look at our like our list of perspectives and like we are two years into the show and like we've done like a schwarzenegger but like when we think of like boy movies like we have not done a lot of the muscle head like dumb action shit like we haven't done really bad movies We've been doing like a lot. We've I mean, we've really been focusing on like the IMDb top 250 types, like the film Twitter favorites, the letterboxd essentials. And I think it's I mean, obviously, I'm into it. I I pro I help, you know, I'm 50 percent of programming the fucking show. I'm obviously this is my choice as well. Yeah. I am looking forward to 2022, though, to really looking into some junk that has shifted American masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know as much as i love uh our a24 pro where i f- first reformed went from oh i thought it was an okay movie to like oh this is a great film uh to rewatching the fly uh, amidst a pandemic to fully uh, understand the limits uh it- that you can push your own biology uh these are all great heady ideas but in 2022 i'll be honest i'm ready for some sweat and cum
2: Okay, so you're finally gonna let me do our Expendables episode.
1: Okay, so let's not go that far. <laughs> let's let's Come we can on, start,
2: man. Maybe
1: with more relevant titles. Uh, <laughs> 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 finally, the Expendables, the expendables episode, what, what everyone's been dying for. I think so. I
2: think people <laughs> would love it. Actually.
1: Uh I mean let's let's just run through some of the classics of, of the, the old men that star in the expendables and then we can get to the expendables. That's my that's my case. Okay. That's what I put forward. Okay. Fine. That's what I put forward. Fine. Uh and it, look, a little tease for our twenty twenty two season. Uh we've scheduled a lot of the months ahead of time, and we have a big mini series coming up right after this episode. Uh that will be lasting almost two whole months. Oh and, yes, of uh, course, of course. <laughs>
2: I know it. I know. What are talking about?
1: We're going to do a lot more theming this year. Uh, just, you know, for one, because it's very fun. And two, we also don't know when or how movies are going to come out right now. So it's the safest thing say? to do. <laughs> we can't exactly dedicate our schedule to new releases. But I think if 2021 was a, a pure variety, I think 2022 is variety plus hitting some of the biggest boys like boyish boys possible and i'm excited for that i'm excited to mix things up on that front moving over from the film twitter faves to the locker room essentials aya kevin how is 2021 for movies after 2020 which we agreed on our last year's episode was probably the worst year for cinema we've not only (laughs) been alive for uh but probably in the history of uh the camera
2: you know what I thought 2021 was a great year.
1: Wow. I thought it was stacked.
2: I mean, wow. obviously it was stacked because all the good movies that were supposed to come out in 2020 were just like shoved into 2022 or 21.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty odd in that sense in that it didn't really have its own identity because we basically just went through what 2020 was supposed to be.
2: Yeah. So, you know, do without what you will, but I thought it ruled. I had a great time watching these movies so much.
1: No, for sure. There were some definitely some heaters this year. I think it was because of that backlog effect. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of like huge directors dropping their shit in the same like 40 day span. And so a- after like a year and a half of just nothing of note coming out, you then had all your favorite directors dropping their new shit
2: week after week.
1: It was honestly overwhelming. I mean, to the point that a lot of people got left in the dust. I know. Like Del Toro's Nightmare Alley just got fucking Tough. creamed yeah. in an alley. It was a real ugly showing box office wise for a lot of these films. I think a lot oh, of the true. films that we loved were especially punished. Yes. Um, this is a year that was very like it had some quality, but oh my God, was it unkind to anyone but anyone who was not in the Mickey Mouse Club and even some of the Mickey Mouse clubbers, got fucked up. Uh, so you love this year.
2: I did. I like was very really enthusiastic about, watch- about watching most everything. I like made a letterbox list and like dedicated a few days to just like catching up, which I feel like I don't always do. And uh, I mean. I don't know. It's different. You know, it used to be very exciting to like every weekend or like finding weekdays or being like, oh, I want to go see this, you know, before like. The Academy Award nominations come out, or like after, even better. My favorite thing is to do is go with my mom after the Academy Award nominations come out because she's just like so enthusiastic. I mean, she's like old school, so she's like, "Is it is it Oscar nominated?" And I'm like, "They haven't <laughs> announced those yet, Teresa." And she's like, "But I only want to go see the Oscar nominated ones."
1: Which I'll say that is a really solid testament to anyone who still thinks that the Oscars don't matter.
2: It's true. Like, I mean, my mom is in her sixties, but like that is law to her like she sees movies that she probably never would have seen because of that
1: yeah
0: <laughs>
2: what are we doing what you, how is 2021 for movies for you what are your faves what are your least faves should we talk about our least here at movies in 2021 i mean is that, mean, mean? that, is that, that punching that's... down
1: i mean i don't think anything's punching down at this point i think if you look at the the worst films of this year not only do they deserve it but they cost as much as like the fucking gdp of a, a like a lithuania or something amen. you know like amen like, I, the, the five worst things I saw this year, two, like, three of them were because of the HBO Max same day, same release shit. Uh, like, I have, at the very bottom of my list, I have that Tom and Jerry movie, <laughs> which, which... Wow, that's dark. One, I watched for content to write about for the magazine because we just needed something at, for the film section. And what I got was basically, like, a new Song of the South, where for some reason... All of the cartoon characters are coded as black. And so it's like a, yeah. So I, I don't know. Just run with that. Uh, the Ben Shapiro produced Run, Hide, Fight, which is basically Die Hard in a school shooting scenario. Uh, that was not good. Uh, the Sundance movie, How It Ends uh, by Zoe Lister Jones. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. All about a comet party.
1: coming to Earth, a big party shot during COVID just the worst use of getting your celebrity friends to do you a favor during yeah. coronavirus uh, There's, like, ever. the
2: best use, which is licorice pizza, and the worst use, which is...
1: <laughs> 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 and then there is the fucking Conjuring sequel, which is just, like, pure, like, out-of-this-planet junk, and Reminiscence, a, a Hugh Jack movie that no one remembers and is truly one of the biggest piles of drek I've ever seen. Sad. You know? And it- the thing is that, like, the list of deserving films that are like truly on that same level. I would say there's like 25 others that are in their company. This was the lows were really fucking low for me this year. I think a lot of people were very kind to movie years. I am historically not kind (laughs) to the film industry uh, to the point where a lot of people uh, probably uh, are very annoyed by how cynical I am of the current state of things. But I think
2: hates movies.
1: I God, man, We just hate watching these things. I just think that like, if you only judge a film year by the good shit, I don't know if that's fully judging a year accurately, because yeah. like obviously you get, we, you know, I'm with you. The, the, the stuff that I love this year, I really did end up loving. Yeah, like d- dearly. But when you put it in like the grander ecosystem of what it was a part of, the the salutary health of this art form is very unwell. <laughs> we are not in a good place whatsoever. I just wrapped up Sundance, uh, which basically was a non-event. It kind of happened, but it, no one really cared that it happened. I was
2: shocked at how little I heard about Sundance this year.
1: It was crazy. And I think it's just like a mixture of people still wanting to hold their movies for a public setting. Yeah. Understandably, because... This virtual setting is not doing anyone any word of mouth favors, but also just like I don't know how viable these movies, even on a lower budget angle, uh, I don't know how viable they are to producers or to independent investors. Like, there's a lot easier ways right now to get a tax break, and funding someone's independent film is not exactly at the top <laughs> not of the heap anymore. It, not it. So it's 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 interesting how like we're not only seeing like an extinction of a type of movie for certain for certain, but we're seeing like a, a propagation of a certain type of high budget film that is uh, uh, sucking the life out of my fucking balls in a bad way.
2: Yeah, my I mean, I fully agree because my least favorite movie of 2021 was Don't Look Up.
1: Oh God! Trash, awful. One of the worst Ugh. movies I've
2: ever endured. And I, I, why did I even watch it? I don't know. I just had to know, you know. I had to know. Yeah, no. Know. There were some, like, unfortunately, there were some fun parts. Like, uh, I mean, as we all know, we love, we know and love Ms. Character Actress Melanie Linsky. Uh, uh I thought the Timothy Chalamet scenes were very funny, which was kind of annoying to, me, but I thought they were very funny. I loved when he said, "Uh, what is he like? What's what's the guy's name? Mr. Macy or Mr. Marcy or something like that." Uh, can I be vulnerable in your car? Laughed <Lapped> out loud. <laughs> well. Timmy was a highlight of that movie. Otherwise, huge fat pile of dump. Um, you know what movie was the worst movie I've maybe ever seen in my entire life? Don't look up was bad in terms of quality, but it was garbage in terms of like politics and like the and like the whole general vibe that Adam McKay's going along with it. What was actually dumpster fire in terms of quality? was Locked Down, Oh, the Anne Hathaway movie that came out early last year that was dumped onto HBO Max that everyone was really excited for because it was a little pandy movie, and it was absolute misery. As I've said on the podcast before, I, like, uh, programmed a... (laughs) A few film festivals for my friends to do over Zoom uh, during the deep, deep parts of the pandemic. And I did an Anne Hathaway film festival. And so I said, hey, well, there's a new Anne Hathaway movie. Let's watch that. And so I had everyone come and we watched Locked Down together. And I've never seen all the girlies were just devastated (laughs) to have to endure that. Like the pain on everyone's face was just like palpable. Um and unfortunately, I thought Last Night in Soho was my third least favorite movie of the year.
1: Wow, that low down.
2: Yeah, it was a miserable movie.
1: <laughs> miserable.
2: You, you. If you listen to the podcast, you know my thoughts on Last Night in Soho.
1: I know, but I thought maybe over time, maybe you would have softened up on old Eddie. Absolutely not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe.
1: Yeah, no. There is there is um some like heinous junk, and uh, I I found like. 2019 was very similar to me, where okay. I, I, I know a lot of people hold that year in really high regard. Obviously, if you have a Scorsese and a Tarantino and a Greta Gerwig come out in the same year, it's going to up the average. Yeah, absolutely. But you look at the, like the lower rungs of films that that came out then. Uh,
2: Star Wars: Last Jedi. <laughs> uh,
1: no, 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 right. That was Rise of Skywalker year.
2: Right. That's what I meant. Sorry. That's what I meant. So I meant. Yeah. yeah. I like
1: but, Last like, Jedi me too rise of skywalker and like seven other films just like it if this is like you know the writing was definitely on the wall (laughs) and i almost like identical years in in a a big way like instead of the scorsese and the tarantino we got uh, a paul thomas anderson and a wachowski and uh blah 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 Uh, i think 2021 uh not stellar by any means it definitely took a while for me to Find movies that I really loved, and it was all in the real last leg that I was like, "Oh, okay." One after the other, you just you you hid the masterpieces for this long. Well, that's what I they, don't know why. You, that's what they why did you do that to me? Why did you do that to me? Because it's Oscar Rude. season. It's
2: award season. That's what they always Rude. do. Kevin. Do you what? do you pay attention? What are you talking about?
1: They well, always look, do that. Well, <laughs> look, Aya, Aya. Let's get into the big festivities of the evening because I'm going to argue okay. that I think you two our three favorite movies. They were coincidentally released during Oscar season, but I don't think these are really Oscar season movies that we're about to talk about.
2: Okay. That's my prediction
1: <laughs> going forward.
2: All right. Go ahead. Disagree, but go ahead.
1: Folks, we've gotten to the part of the show. These are the Golden Boys, baby. We got uh, the production budget on *I Ivers the Big Boys went up this year. <laughs> we not only have a Golden Boy statue, but we now have a Silver Boy statue. Uh, for some reason, uh, the budget couldn't cut it in bronze. I don't know why. how that ended up getting crunched that way. Uh, but we have basically two real statues and uh, a, a metaphorical statue here. We're going to talk about our three favorite films of the year. The Ascending Order, of course, being bronze, third place, silver, second place, and our golden boy, our beautiful hunk of a man in a little statue, gold, first place. Of course. Uh, let's get it. I mean, look, tell me, tell me a little bit. Do you have any honorable mentions, anyone who just missed their chance at getting one of our highly coveted statuettes?
2: Big shout out to, I want to give a big shout out to what was my favorite movie for most of the year until we hit Oscar season, which was uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, okay. which I loved very much. I loved very dearly. It made me hoot and holler as I want to do um you know we talked about a lot of these movies on the big boys episode so i won't really like spend too much time on them um oh a follow-up though from the big boys episode is that i've now seen tatan and i saw no time to die so we can check those Whoa. um both were mid uh i you bitch sorry to tatan which i wanted to love uh love house of gucci obviously love last duel Zola, I know some people kind of were like, eh, about it, but I really enjoyed it. Saw it twice. Um, Matrix 4, gorgeous movie. Uh, and those are my, oh, my, big shout, my biggest shout-out to what movie will stay with me longest probably is, of course, The French Dispatch, which if you listen to our episode, you know, carries a personal weight to me.
1: Okay. All right. So, French Dispatch, not receiving a trophy tonight.
2: Not receiving a trophy tonight, but...
1: Wow! Wow! A big wow! big favorite of mine from the last. Wow! Year. Wow! Yeah! Wow!
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I would say rounding out my selections, I really enjoyed uh, a, uh, the mu- the music box series uh, uh, of documentaries on HBO Max. Okay. There were all these uh, like sort of like mini docs by The Ringer, um, but the one that really stuck out, um, the one that got the most like word of mouth, was the Woodstock '99 one. But the one that really stuck was uh, DMX, Don't Try to Understand, which is basically a verite type documentary in the last two years of DMX's life uh, into his relapse and post-prison experiences. Uh, really love Zola. It was a film that I saw Sundance 2020 and has only kept up its energy since I've last thought of it. Ryusuke Hamaguchi's Drive My Car uh, somehow lives up to the hype. Uh, I've not
2: seen it, that one yet. I'm really yearning to
1: really such a gorgeous movie. His other film, he came out with two movies last year, which is crazy. And the other one, uh, wheel of fortune and fantasy is to me just as lovely, uh, a Netflix film that I don't know why went under the radar. Cause I felt like this could have been a huge hit that we all rewatched throughout the year uh, was Eric Andre's bad trip.
2: Oh my uh, God.
1: You love that movie. I love this movie so fucking much. Cause it, it's a prank movie, yeah, so you kind of know what you're getting into, but it's a prank movie that, like, really rests its laurels on the people getting pranked. Like, it, 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 the movie's told in such a way that they need people to react a certain way, or if they don't react a certain way, then they're going to adjust the whole story in reaction to how people around them reacted. And I just think it's such clever, just, I mean, it, it's such shithead behavior But it's so thoroughly thought through. Uh, I loved Titan. I thought it was like a real kick in the balls movie. A really weird sort of just treatise on just, I don't know, post-left weirdos that have nothing to do with their lives, but take daddy's money and kill motherfuckers. It was insane shit. Um, Benedetta is similarly insane shit. I know I love me some Paul Verhoeven. And I keep trying to switch back and forth. On what would end up getting my bronze boy, but I think the one that lost out is Matrix Resurrections, a movie that I think what I would love if I did love the other Matrix movies. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: But I think I ultimately love Resurrections as much as I do because I don't love the other Matrix movies. Okay. God, I'm so nervous. This feels so official. <laughs> We're, we're anointing films, Aya. Very, this is no I laughing mean, laughing matter.
2: I mean, this will show up on their, you know, for your consideration posters forever.
1: Yikes! Okay, all right. Let's just to rip off the, the bandage to
2: get the bronze boy, silver boy, gold.
1: Boy. Uh, everyone wants these boys. <laughs> okay, Aya, declare to us now who receives your bronze boy of twenty twenty one.
2: Uh, my bronze boy is gonna be a tie.
1: Oh no! You come on, yeah, come on. I'm sorry about the tie. We're calling bullshit on this. No, we're calling bullshit on this. No, it's a tie. All right, defend it. Defend it. Go. Defend
2: my tie. Um, you know, I had them separated. I had them at three and five on my list, but after you so graciously allowed me to write for the Mary Ground Magazine Best of 2021 list,
1: <laughs> they have
2: tied out.
1: Oh no. At
2: number 3, Maggie Gyllenhaal's The Lost Daughter and Joachim Trier's The Worst Person in the World.
1: Wow. Clap 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 clap, clap 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 clap.
2: Clap, applause for those movies tying out. My number 3, Lost Daughter rocked my entire world. I had the I had the greatest time watching it. I people I've seen I've read the criticism. I've read why it's three and a half to four stars. But for me, for me, that's my number three. I love Olivia Coleman I love that. She's a bitch in this movie. I love my girl, Dakota Johnson. I love that. She looks like shit in this movie, but also really hot, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love that. I just oh, man, that movie was made for me. That movie just was, like tailor made for me because, you know, I also love my queen, Jesse Buckley. Um, it was a bit long. I thought there was a few too many flashbacks. I think if it was shorter, it might've taken number one. Cause I love me some goddamn lost daughter. I just loved the suspense. I just, I loved the setting. It was beautiful, beautiful beach. I loved it. I love the weird little romance. Sexy. It just, it was really just like made for me, you know? Like, it's just like, like when a movie has weird vibes, you know, where you're just like, what's going on and is she crazy call (laughs) i a layman
1: (laughs) no yeah it's it's just a series of like situations where you're trying to see how rude is socially acceptable in this scenario
2: yes situations in which like you're watching it and you're like damn everyone's being kind of rude to her and then you're like what's her vibe like what is she putting out (laughs) into the world because there's something going on here that's my that's my shit uh, and that kind of goes hand in hand with The Worst Person in the World, uh, a movie about a girly turning 30 that uh, I'm not 30 yet and I'm not turning 30 in uh, for another year or two, but I'm prepared to internalize that one for later. And I just like, I just like movies about girlies. What can I say? I was going to go farther with that, but I was like, I just love movies about curlies, <laughs> And I just like that it's about her life and she how she just kind of is like, oh, shit, I have to live it. You know, in writing about it, I discovered that I liked it even more than I thought I did. And I liked that it uh, what it says about like the current state of existing in the universe and like even though it's not a pandemic movie it's still kind of a pandemic movie because you're just kind of like oh right like like i said like fuck i have to live in this i have to live i have to do something i have to uh participate uh shit um and the like crushing reality of having to exist not only like you know and both those movies are kind of about kind of they're really about you know the crushing weight of existing in like a heteronormative society with like a cisgender identity of as a woman and understanding that like your body was built for people believing and insisting that your body was built for one thing and you're like, was it? And like the opposite sides of that where the lost daughter is kind of like, no, it fucking wasn't. Please leave me alone. And the worst person in the world where you've spent your entire life being like, I don't think this is for me. And then having the one person who in the entire world who you would think would say to your face, you would be a bad mom. Say to your face, I actually think you would be a really great mom. And like that fighting feeling that you have to be like, no, I wouldn't. But also, yes, maybe I actually would. And also like, fuck, is that what I want?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like all about the uncertainty you have in yourself until you realize what people see in you. Yeah. And like recognizing the the meeting of those two versions of you, the one that you know you are, and the one that people see in you, and realizing okay, these are both valid, which means I guess they need to mingle at some point. Yeah, and that's a very very uncomfortable meeting of the minds
0: mm-hmm.
1: of your of just your own two sections of mind. Mm-hmm. I guess this is a good time to spoil that my bronze boy also goes to worst person in the world hey! by Joachim Trier. Uh this was this was like pretty firmly at fourth place. And then, like, it's hard to explain what happened in my head. But, like, more for you, this is a film about, like, the girlies. Yeah. To me, this movie really hit me as just, like, how much time we really have with such little amount of time. And it was like dark. <laughs> dark. And, 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 I mean, it is it was like, um, I had a friend that passed away pretty recently. I haven't spoken to him in like at least a decade, but we were basically childhood friends growing up, and just this past week, he passed away, and it was a really odd feeling because i I always knew in my head that like i don't I think we're not really meant to be friends in our twenties. I think our twenties are diametrically opposed in terms of what we want out of life and how we're going about things right now. I think our 30s will probably be a good time to relay what we went through the past two decades yeah. and catch up from that point on. And to have that taken away is like an an odd feeling of like grieving something that you never even had in the first place. I guess it's the grieving of a, a, anticipation of, uh, of better things to come. You're, you're grieving a hope of things to come. And in many ways, that's what this, this movie is kind of looking at. Like this sort of like undefined section of your life where you need to keep looking forward but it's still an abstract but but even though it's an abstract you can you kind of have like a set list of like okay i don't know how things are going to go but like these things will probably happen yeah and for you know the main character and worst person in the world she can't really do much about the world around her she's aware but you know what can she do about the shedding ozone layers of the aborigines? In Australia, like, what can she really do about uh, cryptocurrency becoming a new, you know, market income? What what can you really do? And so at a certain point, this movie does become, to me, like, at the end of the world, in the midst of the apocalypse, I guess really all you have to do is just find as many new weird flings as possible. See who you're comfortable with pissing in front of. And, I don't know, cheat once. See how you like it. You know? Like, it's just... A bunch of like kind of bad shit, but also maybe good shit and maybe shit that you want to save for later. And maybe some things get stripped away from you before you can really have a chance to make proper ends with it. But also maybe you kind of have forever to reconcile with your dad. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. that's not really on a time limit. Maybe some things can go for longer if they need to. I think this is a really deceptively complex movie. And yeah. it's, it's like a very easy, sweet, just delightful watch with like terrific music drops and like the the central performance is she she's so wonderful like you just kind of want to be like okay stop I'll date you, you know?
2: <laughs> You're like, I'm here I'm I'll here babe
1: step in baby <laughs> but um as as much as it, it is that you are I mean it's my life is so different from what she's going through but ultimately we are still like. Subjects to the same machinations. And so we are both basically looking at the same pleasures to get ourselves not thinking about the bad shit. Yeah. And in many ways, it makes us, I guess, bad in an objective sense. If you look at how us two, you and me, Aya, are interacting with a crumbling pandemic around us, starting a movie podcast where we just gab every week. Maybe not the most morally pure thing of us to do, but honestly it feels a lot better just to feel out the ethics of it than to put down a deciding hammer on how we've been.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's an interesting movie about that sort of balance of, of just like, what can, what can you do? What can you really do?
2: And if you're the best person in the world who cuts out all your plastics and does your little yoga and stuff like that, your boyfriend might fucking cheat on you. So like <laughs> wh- who's winning? Like what's what's like the who's picking up the the W no, none of us because we're all hurtling on the same meteor towards death.
1: Exactly. Uh, I think m- my three films that I've selected, I think the the continuing thread in all of them is that they just, they feel like even after they end, the stories keep bouncing along. Like there's just no stopping these films. And I think Worst Person in the World is somehow the most indicative of this, where as soon as that it cuts to the uh the Art Garfunkel song, I'm like, okay, she has this was only four years in her life. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a lot more to fucking come. And you can you can sense how those remaining maybe 60 50 70 years are going to go for her that's how richly detailed the film is mm-hmm. it's like i i it, it was really wonderful the first time i saw it but then the second time i saw it it was it just became like a new kind of gift
0: mm-hmm.
1: look at that worst person in the world gets two bronzes which two bronzes. i guess you can melt that down and i don't know make a nice bracelet <laughs> out of those i <laughs> Uh, Aya, are, are you ready to tell us what your silver boy is?
2: My silver boy of 2021 um, will get me hard canceled on TikTok because it is, of course, licorice pizza.
1: Ay, 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 manja, manja. I want a
2: slice. I had a num, slice num, num, and num. I loved I Want More. Um, I love licorice pizza. Um, I also want to say more because I know it's probably going to maybe an up higher for you uh, yeah. or at least it might show up. In the next few minutes. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, we had a great time seeing it. We got pizza beforehand. It was like I, there was something so. Uh, uh, something that enhanced the experience so much for me was was like the way that we saw it and the way that everyone had to see it for a while here of like making that pilgrimage out to West Hollywood or not West Hollywood, but uh, Brentwood or whatever to go see West it. West LA, yeah. At, at, in this historic theater all together. And like everyone there was like, okay, well, like, like we have to find a time to go see this movie in this one theater and go find it. And like some people I'm sure walked from their dorms at UCLA and I were as opposed to us like driving truly across the city to go see it. And we all ended up at the same place. And that felt and like that deeply resonated with me as obviously like it's so fucking annoying to say it again, but like as we're from LA and like That is such an important part of the L.A. experience, which like obviously it's important to like every city where you live for a long time of like making making this pilgrimage to go find something to in pursuit of art. But like to see that pilgrimage reflected in what we're seeing there was very special I thought it was a special movie. I really really loved it. The more I think about it, the more I love it. The the warmer it gets, the more I want to watch it and I know that if I watch it in the summer, I will like I will be inconsolable, you know, like that's really going to like rock my world. Um what a movie. What a movie. What a what a yeah. special time.
1: <laughs> no, I mean that that pilgrimage aspect was I I'm glad you pointed it out cuz it was like I learned that my car was like had rickety wheels the first time I drove out to see it. Like it was it, it's one of those experiences that makes the seeking of these so much more physical when like 2020 and 2021, I think I watched the most films not only like new to me, but just most films in general in like one year. In both of those years, I taught myself in 2021, and just cuz I I could fucking just stream shit. I just like once one thing was clicked through I could just do three button presses and I could watch another film from like two decades prior to the one I just watched yeah. and just like fucking marathon it. And I, not to say, I, I I think I am getting a lot from what I am seeing but I'm definitely not getting as much as I could from treating each one as like this hallowed special experience. Like, yeah. And it's, it's a bummer. I think what's really fun too about like the physical aspect of it too is that like we went to go see Scream yesterday and ah. Finally, after like, well, it's been like two months of, of licorice pizza being like out to the general yeah. public or something. Uh, it, or it, one it month because
2: it came out on Christmas.
1: Oh, sure, sure, sure. So I like guess the I general gen- public, yeah, yeah. I guess it's just it being seen by the public, yeah. We could just, it's been enough time that we can now just like sneak into like theater 14, look into the little theater and see, oh, it's the airplane scene, yeah, you know, like we're. That sort of like life cycle of a movie where it's like, oh my God, it's big and it's in theaters. Okay, it's trailing off. Oh my God, the DVD got announced. And oh my God, the DVD is out. That's like a a core part uh, of me growing up. And I am glad that Paul Thomas Anderson uh, also recognizes that that was crucial to him growing up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was nice. It feels good. Just, you know a movie's good when just the experience of having to go see it also gives you a good vibe.
2: Yes, yes, 100%.
1: Thank you, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> Let's
2: get our Dr. Fauci prayer candles out.
1: Got my Fauci ouchie. <laughs> uh, okay, my silver boy. I, some people might say this is a TV show. I would say it's just a long movie. Not Shut up.
2: this, not this.
1: I'm going for it. I think the Beatles get back is one of the most incredible achievements in editing of all time.
2: I was not expecting that.
1: Holy Moses. I think when I last spoke to you about this, I had only seen the first part of three. Yeah. This shit is crazy. When you watch it, you get in such a groove of comfort watching and to an extent background watching. Cause it's like eight hours of just the Beatles yeah. recording "Get Back." Like at a certain point, you are hearing "Get Back" for like the ninth time. And One of hear uh, favorite
2: Beatles songs. Maybe I won't like it.
1: <laughs> so maybe you know, maybe you'll love it. But there is, you know, you kind of need to tune out. But to realize what this footage was—just raw, not synced, sitting in a fucking chest for fifty years, blurry—that it can be. Constructed together into the definitive story of the breakdown of a family, the complete desecration, the natural desecration and and decomposition of a found family is just like, it's crazy. And to apply that to the living legends of rock and roll known as the Beatles is unheard of. Is it crazy? I don't know. I... The more I think about how this movie was made, I can't believe it didn't take all those 50 years just to edit, let alone it just sat for most of those 50 years just in caskets. Just vibing, yeah. Just vibing out. This shit is, um, the, the, the best pitch I have for it is that it feels like watching a Robert Altman 70s drama, except it's real people. And it's just, <laughs> and that's it. You know, like I've never been a huge fan of Nashville because when I first watched it, It was like, I don't really care about country music. I don't know why I'm supposed to think this is important when in my day-to-day life, country music is not important. Today, I have a bit of a different outlook, so I'd like to rewatch that movie. But the Beatles are, I would say, objectively important. It's very difficult to live your life not knowing about the Beatles. Yeah. And to have this level of a community deconstruction on people that you don't even recognize as people, people that you recognize as figureheads, is... It kind of like opens up your perspective of the world in a way, where it's like it, like John Lennon. It's like no, this is just a a dork with greasy hair and glasses that just really had a lot of songs written. Like there is something very humbling about how this movie just paints how you should look at everything. Where it's like no, these were just four guys, and they were just a part of a major machine that made them very big. Yes, but it's old. Like at the end of the day we're just guys everyone (laughs) everyone's just a guy even the veals are just some guy and yep and uh i think it's it's i don't know it's very helpful to get like as keeping and hulking of reminder of that as this you know what just fuck it Dan. you're just a guy so go do it because you're just a guy but also maybe don't do it because you're just a guy (laughs) uh no this is this is some dope shit uh i'm i'm a huge fan peter jackson i wish he would get back maybe one day to making 90s horror movies like he used to but if his goal in life now is to just preserve old footage and make incredible historical documents uh that is my uh, second passion in life next to uh blood and tits so i'm all in on that boat
2: okay he got back this guy got back. This guy got back.
1: This this baby? He got back. He
2: got back. My Golden Boy. Is it time for the Golden Boys?
1: Oh, my God. I can't believe we're here. Let's. (gasps) Okay.
2: Pomp and Circumstance. uh...
1: My God. My God. Okay. Best movie of the year.
2: My best movie and my favorite movie of the year. My favorite movie of the year. The. Power of the Dog.
1: Oh, of Directed course. by Jane
2: Campiona.
1: Yes, yes. The
2: Power of the Dog, like Megan the Stallion.
1: Roof, 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 roof.
2: Man,
0: where to oh. begin?
2: Where to begin? Where to begin? I know that this movie is so deep. I know this movie has layers on layers on layers on layers on layers. I know that this movie has there's just so much to unpack, you know, homoeroticism, masculinity, yeah. femininity, yeah. In the old West, all that good stuff. I just love those vibes. I just love <laughs> the vibes. The vibes of power of the dog were E I want to watch it over and over again. Every single day. I'm like, should I watch the power of the dog today? I dove into her filmography, ready to keep diving. I just, I just love the power. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch gave the performance of his career, which is huge because I do think he actually did serve in Sherlock. I love Cody Smith McPhee. I just loved the power of the freaking dog. Power of the freaking dog, Kevin.
1: Power of the poochie. Again,
2: I want to say like, there's so much to be said, but I'm like, why say it? You know, you get it, you understand it. I just like, I mean, obviously, I love movies about like erotic subtext (laughs) (laughs) my friend was like telling me how she like heard like she like read an early script or something like that and was like yeah it was like really overt like Benedict Cumberbatch being gross to the kid blah blah and I was like oh no my mom and I watched this and she was like really gay and that's the shit I live for oh my god I love it so much I love it so much I love any movie that has like a random omnipresent figure that you never see oh my god Whew. power of the dog power of the dog
1: power of the dog one. god is a cowboy power of the dog
2: that's my next tattoo Kevin <laughs> <laughs> I
1: need to stop talking.
2: You'll believe God is a cowboy after you watch The Power <laughs> of the Dog. Kevin! <laughs> uh
1: there is a God very solid is a chance.
2: Cowboy.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a very solid chance uh that this movie wins best picture. the power
2: so that, of the dog wins best picture. Absolutely. So Absolutely.
1: There's a pretty good chance that we'll be able to talk about this film in length when the time comes.
2: I will lose my mind. This will be the longest episode of the show.
1: Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna choose my words uh, very carefully. That episode.
2: Oh, <laughs> Kevin's gonna get canceled for being homo- homophobic.
1: Whoa. Okay, let let's not pretend I didn't out gay you an hour ago by <laughs> knowing who Tom of Finland was. Okay? okay, I got my, I got some street cred in these these alleyways. These
2: alleyways, brother.
1: <laughs> well, I. Uh, I think we're now at the most unsurprising yeah. uh, golden boy selection of them all. I wish it could be more surprising, but uh, unfortunately, in 2021, uh, the heavy hitters made themselves uh, glaringly obvious. Uh, the shooting stars were ever bright. And baby, sometimes those stars land in a big ol' a pizza pie. Because my golden boy of 2021.
2: A slice. Is a course...
1: Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. Sorry. Yum, yum, yum. But but not sorry. Uh, I don't know. PTA is probably the best guy alive doing it. Uh, I think the only bad film he's ever made was like a truly bad film, but he got it out of his system. He made Magnolia and he was like, okay, (laughs) I just wanted to try that out. I just wanted to see what that would feel like to make a bad movie. Here's seven masterpieces in a row. (laughs) Deal with it. And uh, Licorice Pizza really falls into it really nicely. I, I, our episode of Licorice Pizza, I am so happy with, so satisfied with that episode. Uh, it is one of the rare, not rare, apps. I, I feel like we do it pretty regularly, but I think it's one of the most exemplary apps of how we just let everything we think about a movie go on the record. There is nothing that goes untouched. So I think if you want really comprehensive thoughts on Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, because they're definitely in short supply on film Twitter and podcasts that you know, uh, that up is the one to go listen to. I just want to uh, point out uh, the scene that always gets a lot of ire that I find now secretly brilliant is, of course, the uh, Japanese impersonation, which is getting a lot of flack, largely rightfully so, but also, I just can't help I can't help but cherish the fact that all throughout Licorice Pizza, all of the Valley locales are so lovingly captured, preserved in amber.
0: And what does Mikado get? A figurehead of the San Fernando Valley? Well, folks, it gets humiliated
1: twice in the same movie to the point where I think just this past year. It officially permanently closed down. And now, on its tombstone are its two scenes from Licorice Pizza to remember that ghoulish Japanese restaurant by. And I think that was the joke this whole fucking time. (laughs) I think the joke this whole time was that Mikado sucks. (laughs) Wow. And so, to Licorice Pizza, to Paul Thomas Anderson, and to the fallen Mikado, a cheers to you all, and I hope you enjoy this Very real, very heavy golden boy that I have holding with two hands because it is too uh, uh, heavy. Uh, Double fist
2: that golden boy. We're going to hand deliver it to Paul Thomas Anderson. Let's go.
1: Let's go. So let's run through the list for one time. Uh, My golden boy, licorice pizza. My silver boy, get back. And my bronze boy, the worst person in the world.
2: My golden boy was the power of the dog. My silver boy was licorice pizza. And my bronze boys, the bronze twins, babe, went to the worst person in the world and the lost daughter.
1: A uh, bit of a cheat, but I'll accept it. Good movies.
2: There's t- ties exist, Kevin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's, let's get past this nerd shit, okay. shall we? Let's get okay. past this fucking dork Fuck shit. Fuck
2: the nerd shit. Th-
1: this was uh, a segment of our show last year that you have decided to extend. You have decided to uh, amplify. We are going to talk about our hottest of the 2021 Aya versus the big boys season. Yes. But Aya, you hit me with a, not, a, not so much a, a suggestion, but an order. You clamped your hands around my fucking neck. You held my face <laughs> right by a steaming hot radiator. Burned off half of my facial hair. I and found you a went,
2: radiator in Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> Kevin. You little fucking cuck bitch. We're gonna throw our top three hottest of the season, and not only are we doing our top three hottest of the season, tss, we're doing our top three hottest of 2021. You fucking bitch boy. Of course, well, we have to. And then, then you took me off the radiator, and I said, "Thank you, mommy." <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry, it was it's 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 instinctual. It's just what I do.
2: <laughs> it's just what I do at this point.
1: Yeah, it's just a bad habit. I got to get out of 2021. Aya uh,
0: Go ahead. Name off your top
1: 3 hottest of the movies that we covered. Okay. In 2021.
0: I'm
2: kind of unsure about my number 1 because I don't know if we did tech- I feel like we did cover it. We did cover it. It just wasn't a full episode. Do you know what I
1: mean? Oh, uh, you cheated once, cheat again. You
2: can rule it out if you want, and I can come up with something else. Number 3, Tignataro Army of the Dead. <laughs> unshakably sexy in army of the dead that movie was so nothing to me i i never think about it i forget that it happened until i think about tig and then i'm like well wow. <laughs> hotter than any human has looked on screen in a, in a while okay
1: jesus christ okay that's not true wow. but
2: uh it was just really sexy really sexy of her to exist like that photoshopped in truly like added in post too <laughs> like it's not uh, like that like that's hard to do like she should have looked strange but instead she looked hot good on tish. this is a,
1: yeah our first ever added in post hottie
2: uh an added in post hottie i'm all about it number two is steven Yun in burning
1: ah uh, of course
0: the of
2: sweaters course. the sweaters uh-huh uh, i made me feral it made me feral it really like made a woman out of me you know <laughs> Number 1. And again, if this is if you think this is not against the rules, I can change it. Because again, we did not technically do a full episode on this, but we talked about this so much that it basically counts as a full episode, I believe. Okay. From the episode that is a that is currently titled Ghostbusters Afterlife, but should have been called Gucci Busters, Adam Driver <laughs> in the combination of Last Duel and House of Gucci. Okay. Number one. Uh, okay. okay. I could change it, though. I could change it.
1: I mean, we literally have another list that's designed for that.
2: But I have other people on that list.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> so you're just... You should...
2: <laughs> fine. You're I'll, just... No, I'll move him. I'll move him. No, know no, no, fine. I'll no, no, no. Fine. No, 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 no. Smuggle,
1: Smuggle away. Kevin, Smuggle fine. the hotties. it's
2: no, fine, Kevin. I'll get it. I get it. I will just... Give me two All seconds right. and let me come up with my number. my new number one.
1: Okay, I'll I'll vamp with our our dear listeners. Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, If you like the show, make sure to spread it to your friends. Word of mouth is easily, easily what boosts our listenership the most. Trust me, viral marketing is not cutting it by itself. Uh, We are a big fan of getting to know people through you. Because if you listen to the show, guaranteed, you're fine. You're cool. You're dope. You, you, You get our pass. So. Who else would be a, a better fit for this club? Uh, other people just like you, your friends, your fam. Don't you want to show them uh, a family friendly podcast like this? Don't Fuck lie shit, to the good cunt people. bitch.
2: <laughs> number one.
1: Okay, number one.
2: Number one. Laura Dern in Wild at Heart.
0: The,
1: all right, that's a better pick. We all know a that's pick. a better pick. It's a better pick. I think it's a better pick. More holistic. I like that. It's okay. Great whoo her dancing to the fucking power metal in the middle Uh of the desert uh uh-huh her and nick cage just making out fucking and loving each other more than two people on screen have ever loved each other
2: number one laura dern
1: that's a good number one i can get down with that thank you
2: thank you kevin Uh, can i hear your list please
1: yeah uh so my top three hottest of the 2021 ivers the big boy season let's go number three. This is my this is my cheat. Okay?
0: I okay.
1: You'll like this. Okay. Rick Ricky Lindholm, Bobby Salvor Minuez, Grace Van Patten, and sydney Sweeney. Yes. The the Silver Lake bitches of under the Silver Lake. Yes.
2: Gorgeous. Gorgeous Uh, for Kevin.
1: Look, trash movie, but I can't deny (laughs) uh just what a cavalcade of white women. Oh, my God. Just fucking milk spread. city. <laughs> Good God. It's, it's a dairy farm in Silver Lake. And uh, yeah, great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, part of the point of the movie is to uh, not want that. But unfortunately, the film's a failure. So it does end up doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two. Penelope Cruz, All About My Mother.
2: Let's see,
1: One of the most beautifully captured faces yeah. on film. Like It harkens back to fucking Lauren Bacall to fucking Barbara Stanwyck. It's just the right flittering colors accentuating every angle of the face. It's nearly scientific the way Al- Almodovar uh, decides to capture her in this film. It's true. Uh, it's just uh, like an artistic beauty. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, it also helps that she's a-, a tremendous actress. Yeah. My number one and This is, I would say, a deep cut in the grand scheme of things.
2: I'm nervous.
1: But I, I just need to really uh, listen to my weird, suppressed, rockabilly fetish. You remember in Ed Wood when no. I talked about Lisa Marie?
0: I do, because I was,
2: as I said, I'm compiling the list, and I was like, okay, next one after that.
1: Brother, when she's got the vampira fit. Yeah. When she's got the vimp.
2: No, you're right.
1: I mean, I'm not gonna say any more about my personal fantasies because no one needs to hear anything about God that no. side of my head. But I'll just say there's a reason Lisa Marie is number one. I hope she's doing well. Uh she needs to take a walk on the wild side. I'm I'm 25 and willing.
2: <laughs> the wild side. <laughs>
1: Twenty-five and wetty. <laughs> Uh, Rar.
2: Okay, ready for hottest of hottest of twenty twenty one? Yeah,
1: I just love how uh <laughs> we are like uh like eighty something episodes deep into this shit. And time after time we have a section of the episode designed to make you look chic, in the know, cool, and I look like a freak, pervert, weirdo. <laughs> That is how this show
2: I don't is think designed. chic or in the know is how people would describe me getting horny <laughs> on the buy. Uh
1: Somehow you sell it as such. I, I don't know. It's definitely... Thank you so much. People don't think of you in this section the same way they think of me in this section. <laughs>
2: this is why I should get um, a sub stack. I'm thinking...
1: Uh, At least wait till you're 30 for that.
2: Okay. On the day I turn 30, I'm writing my first sub stack. Okay. Hottest of 2021. So you've already heard my number three. The combination, the one-two punch, Adam Driver in House of Gucci, and Last Duel. Yes. Two movies that are about how sexy one man can be. (laughs) I mean, Adam Driver always is on the list. If he's in a movie, he's on the list. He's on the list. Number two. Andrew Garfield, uh, Spider Man, no way. She's
1: playing the hits, folks. She's playing the hits.
2: Sorry, and I'm sorry, and I'm and I'd like to take this moment to apologize to the good listeners of i versus the Big Boys who had to witness me regress live on the pod, and my good friends who have had to witness me regress via iMessages at obscene hours of the night. Just not even pictures. Just talking about him. Travesty. Disgusting. Yikes. Disgusting. Okay disgusting all right
0: very I, I gotta say
1: so far it's very straight of you no i know very very straight of you miss layman
2: well number one all right is coming at you with a bullet okay hottest of the year the hottest of the year the hottest of the year the hottest of the year hottest of the year plus 2021 easily was never even a doubt in my mind frankly Never even a question to me. And it's going to be, wait one second.
0: Uh-oh. Maybe there is doubt.
2: It's going to be Jessica Henwick as Bugs in Matrix 4.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: I actually can't talk about this on live on the podcast because it will become obscene.
0: Okay. <laughs> You know, you keep saying you're against it, but you know
1: she's like a computer program, right? Like she's, you know, I can put a VR headset on you. Stop, I'm not doing VR. Listen, listen, I think you can meet any bugs you want in the metaverse.
2: There's a moment where she is like, there's like, show. I had been like, truly like awestruck by her for the entire movie. And there's a moment where they, where she's, like, talking about, like, her... Pa- like, when she first re- realized the Matrix was real. Like, when she saw Neo, like, walk off the roof or whatever. And she's, like, truly, like, washing windows. I was wearing two masks. And yet my mouth... My jaw still managed to be on the floor.
1: Jesus Christ. Because
2: she... <sighs> Friend of the pod, DJ Horse Jeans. uh, Jackie and I... Have been DMing about our love for Matrix Four, and especially about how H-word we both are for Bugs from Matrix. I tweeted this: "LGBTs are tweet are, are texting in hushed tone about Bugs from Matrix." <laughs> <laughs> she just like, and the fact that she took my eyes off of Keanu Reeves. Yeah,
1: I can I, Not a single mention on any of these lists.
2: Sorry to keep I mean, he looked really good. Don't get me wrong, he looked
1: really Wild. handsome. Wild.
2: He looked really, really handsome in Matrix. But these guys, those other guys, <laughs> they got me. They got me good. And my girl bugs. Number one. Okay. But I'd like to give a spiritual shout-out. And I have a question for you, Kevin. Uh-oh. My my shout out, my my spiritual number one that I I, I almost made this my number one, but I knew you would kick my ass. Because the number one hottest of 2021 was, in fact, Bronco Henry.
1: Okay, shut the fuck up.
2: And that's why Get the my question to you, Kevin, out of here. who is your dream Bronco Henry? Should I say that if Power of the Dog wins? Doesn't matter. We don't know if it's going to win, so I got to have it asked. I, it, who's your dream pa- Bronco Henry?
1: My dream Bronco Henry?
2: Um, like, imagine a Bronco Henry. Like, who is that? Who played that role? You know, if Bronco Henry ever walked on stage.
1: Do you immediately have one?
2: It's kind of a joke, but I feel like I could come up with a real one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's your joke one?
2: (laughs) BTS Jungkook is a cowboy. Jesus
1: Christ. Okay. I can't believe you said kind of a joke. (laughs) There's a serious enough part of your brain that visualize that in a very sincere sense.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. writing some fan fiction about me and uh, Bronco Henry that is <laughs> BTS junk
1: I think if Bronco Henry was played by Tilda Swinton, that movie would be psycho. That movie would be crazy. <laughs> It'd be a whole nother layer to it that I, a whole layer. no one is prepared to unpack. I don't know why I thought Colin Farrell, but I do want to see him get out of the oh, register of just doing blank-faced, non-emotion line readings. I would like to see mm-hmm. him do a little yeah. tantric uh naked night sleeping. Good. Thanks, Aya. Thank you for that. Appreciate Thank that.
2: Thank you. What if Bradley Cooper was uh <laughs> Bronco Henry? <laughs> okay,
1: let's move on. <laughs> <I'm> literally <laughs> only playing the hits at this point
2: (laughs) now i'm fan casting i'm fan casting for me personally look let me just my dream let me just get
1: the fucking let let me get it over with so i can just be be seen what if it was
2: george papar i think that'd be so hot i'm just saying what if it was anthony perkins that's (sighs) sexy
1: (laughs) that actually i mean it makes a lot of actual sense for that actor Okay.
2: Oh, like, let me get a gay man, Anthony Perkins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
2: Oh, that'd be really hot. Oh, God, I'm hyperfixating on that. No, now. it's he Go ahead. He's
1: in a film in the late 60s that shows up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood called Pretty Poison, uh, where he kind of plays like an older man that gets caught up with a young girl, but the young girl ends up emotionally manipulating him and like t- takes him hostage. Uh, insane film. Uh, he's very good. I
2: will it. watch that. It's I love Anthony Perkins.
1: Really well worth it. I think Tuesday Weld is the girl on it. Great film. Okay, let me just get this off quick so I, my this isn't on my fucking criminal record. Top three hottest of 2021. I have another cheat. At my number three I have Coleman Domingo, Taylor Page, <gasps> and Sophie Hall in Zola. Sophie Hall, of course, being Coleman Domingo's partner with the Red, just the fucking the California redwood thighs yeah just a big woman that's a big sexy woman oh uh, uh if you are a big woman listening to Ivers the big boys you can email us at Ivers the big boys at stop gmail.com.
2: it stop it
1: Zola baby uh just interesting choices in casting all around uh I, I just find it really interesting how Janixa Bravo Makes like a conscious decision to cast Zola, who has a large bosom, and uh, is very open about that, and she instead completely changes the language of the movie to be about the ass era of of IG posting. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: it's like it's it's one of those like carnal differences between fact and fiction, but also I think it's just a really smart stylistic choice in terms of presenting two different planes of reality and also the, the reality that we live in right now. Uh, it sounds yeah. like I'm making shit up to not get in trouble, but I really do think that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the one that I need to defend myself real quick. This is a 26-year-old woman. She is older than me. Okay. She is born in
0: 1995. Okay. Unfortunately,
1: I find Susanna Sone. Very attractive. She is in Red Rocket. She plays the donut shop attendee that is romanced by Simon Rex in that film. Aya, have you seen Red Rocket? Do you know what Red Rocket's about?
2: Uh, yeah, not really, actually.
1: Okay. Simon Rex plays a retired porn star that returns to his, from L.A. to his Texas hometown,
2: there's no way you find this woman hot.
1: I, I, I contain multitudes.
2: Sorry to her. Sorry to her. <laughs>
1: uh, he finds a 17 year old donut shop attendant and sees in her his next big chance at shooting porn and wants to turn her right. into a starlet. It's a whole predatory uh, film. Thank God no one ended up really seeing this movie because the discourse around this were it to pop off the same way Licorice Pizza did, would have been insane. Because Sean Baker kind of makes the relationship between them play on equal playing fields. It is a very bizarre, almost like Italian sex comedy type of dynamic where this sort of like, just oven fry, that doesn't make sense, this fucking... (laughs) completely fried burnout dude is actually able to get completely used by the one girl in a small Texas town who all she knows what to do is make money and suck dick. And that's how she empowers herself on the daily. She is literally a child, but really she somehow has more worldly experience in her side of town than Simon Rex, a complete fucking loser, does. And it's a very weird dynamic, and I find this actress very charming and very attractive, and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay, moving on. Obviously, there's a scene in The Suicide Squad where Margot Robbie cracks a dude's neck with her thighs.
0: Yes! Yes. So...
1: There you go. That's, I mean, that was written in stone from the get-go. That was never going to change from the moment we talked about it in the episode to now.
2: No, I remember. It. I remember it well.
1: So there we go: Margot Robbie, Susanna Stone, Sophie Hall, Coleman Domingo. Oh, Coleman Domingo! I just gotta stop. Coleman, on here real Domingo. Quick. Coleman the fucking Domingo. That's
2: a handsome man. That's a ha- that voice. That voice. His voice uh, really adds. I mean, he's already very sexy, and then he talks, and you're just like, what?
1: He Hold is on. also in Euphoria.
2: Yes, I, I oh. just learned this actually. I know I know so little about Euphoria, Kevin. I know I know nothing. About it. I know that there was a scene where one of the girlies talks about, uh, Larry the Harry, the Harry Styles and uh, Louis thing. It's yeah. I know that uh Euphoria by BTS does play in Euphoria. Oh, good, good. I know that Dash from Dash and Lily is in it. Okay. Um, I watched that one scene where um what's her name? Sydney Sweeney was like, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. And I actually kind of enjoyed it. But, and I was actually going to watch, this is not important. <laughs> I was going to watch you. Eufo- I literally saw that scene and I was like, this is so cute. I'd love to watch euphoria now. Yeah. And then yeah. I looked at all the replies under it and they were like, I wish we had more scenes like this in euphoria. And I was like, I'm not watching the show then. Uh,
1: no, it. I haven't gotten to that episode yet. I haven't completely caught up, but uh, from what I've seen, like a whole dialogue sequence that plays off like rat-a-tat like that. Yeah. Not in It's playing cards.
2: I thought it was cute, but, uh, but ultimately what they were going for more was that they were like, oh, I wish that we got to see the girls all together more often because they are friends, but we never see all the girlies hanging out. And I was like, then why am I going to watch this fucking show? So you
1: can see their ass and titties because Sam Levinson's <laughs> a fucking weirdo. That's weird. Uh Coleman Domingo plays a Muslim former crack addict that helps out Zendaya. It, she, he is her sponsor. And uh
2: Oh, I thought he was her dealer.
1: No, no, no. That's the white okay. the white kid that people also want to suck his dick.
2: Fez? Yeah,
1: Fez. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. You've seen all two seasons.
2: I've seen a lot. You've of practically tweets. seen a all lot of Euphoria. Of I've got it. I've seen Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: anyway, yeah, that those are my hottest of 2021. Uh you know People were back into it. People were making movies. So you got a lot more yeah. hot people than in
2: 2020. Hotties.
1: Hotties. Aya, uh, let's finish this off by anointing who we think is in the future big boy class. What movie from 2021 is going to be an all-time big boy? What is going to join the ranks of the types of movies that we will talk about on this show? Now, obviously, we have talked about movies. They came out in 2021 as if they were big boys. Uh huh. So let's see if those movies.
2: Do they have to be movies from 2021 for this? They yes. need to be
1: movies from 2021, yeah. Okay. So I, maybe. I no, kind of... no. Yeah, maybe our choices are movies that we spoke about, or maybe they're films that ended up being big boys at the end of the uh, long and twisty road.
2: The long and winding road, if you will.
0: Shut up. <laughs>
2: John Lennon's classic, The Long and Twisty
1: Road. <laughs> Why are you the one coming and defending John Lennon's songwriting?
2: <laughs> the long and twisty rope. <laughs> okay, so um, <clears throat> I've got a few here. Obviously, I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home is obviously going to be a big boy, but I think for reasons that we can't even like wrap our heads around just yet. Are you dropping a, like a I, list
1: or are you revealing like a winner? How are you doing this? I have a couple. Okay, all right.
2: I have a couple, but I have like the one that's going to be like, oh, the, okay. Know. All right.
1: Sorry. Lead up to it. Go for it.
2: So, Spider Man No Way Home, I feel like, again, like I said, obviously, we talked about a lot of Marvel this year. We talked about Loki. We talked about WandaVision. We talked about, in our brief big boy recap Eternals, we talked about Spider Man No Way Home. And I think that this movie has completely uh, rocked the world of movie making. Uh, in a way that I think that like you kind of you expected it you were like no that I remember you saying to me like this movie is going to break the records that end game set and I was like what the fuck and then uh, like it immediately started happening uh and so I think that this is going to be like a very different landscape this is going to open up a very different landscape for us uh with Spider-Man No Way Home that I think that again we can't even recognize right now uh in a few years we'll be talking about this movie uh like it's a big deal maybe it'll be nominated for Oscars I hope not maybe so Uh, Obviously, Liquor's Pizza, because um, we've literally already seen it happening on TikTok uh, and on Twitter and the discourse. Like, duh, that's gonna be the biggest one. But I mean, I think like the number one future big boy from this podcast that would like truly be if we started this podcast 10 years from now, like one of our biggest episodes, like the one is Last Duel.
1: Wow, really?
2: Because that movie has been misinterpreted a million times. Already. Uh Again, the discourse was endless on Twitter and stuff like that. And I feel like it is one of those movies where like if I didn't know, like I I said, my friend was like, why would anyone want to watch that? And I was like, it was actually really good. And like, it's one of those movies that like convincing my friend to watch would be hard, you know, but a lot of boys are talking a lot about Last Duel. So I think that that's going to be the biggest one where it's going to be deeply misunderstood by even some of the boys watching it. But like the general public is going to be like, wait, wasn't that that movie that everyone was talking about being like super sexist? And it's like, actually, it's not.
0: (laughs) Huh. Okay. Okay.
2: I'm surprised that you're surprised by this.
0: I am because
1: I think Last Duel, like. It's I, I think it's an interesting like Babe Ruth shot on your part because i think right now it's still like finding its sea legs in terms of what it even means in the realm of 2021 let alone mm-hmm. what it'll mean moving forward i think that's a really yeah. interesting call forward i obviously it's obvious ob- obviously it's obvious it's obvious that it's like a pretty big film in the circles that we run around like film yeah. so twitter is kind of like taking it and run with it cuz it's a pretty easy like underdog story for uh, a very much not underdog production, yeah. Uh, which is you know people love to do. They love to treat mega millionaires as people that are just trying to get it going. Poor Ridley Scott. <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting call. I think that movie will probably age really nicely because it's that interesting mix of like, oh, this type of movie died out, and it's about something. Yeah, I guess I have a bit of a more despondent look on things oh boy i think ultimately licorice pizza is going to be seen as b-side paul thomas anderson it's just going to be like oh you know it's a fun one it's not one of the more serious ones yeah you're gonna have stuff like titan that i thought at the beginning of the year was like oh this is gonna be like a new like midnight movie essential or rather at the beginning of october i thought that and now it's like oh, okay this movie is already kind of like stuff stuffed in the closet uh <laughs> I really, unfortunately, think Spider-Way, No Way Home is definitely going to be a big, like, oh, I remember where I was when I saw that. Mm-hmm. I think as things get worse in the world, a lot of people are going to want to seek out explainers and be like, oh, like, no one's going to want to read a book about how our social structures collapsed. So they're instead going to recommend movies. And I'm really fucking worried that as soon as like Miami goes underwater, the big response on like normie Twitter is gonna be don't look up was right. No. I really think that movie is tailor-made to be so general and about nothing and yet about everything that yeah, idiots are going to be able to understand it. But what that it is is ultimately so unhelpful to the current strife that it is going to have the most impactful non-impact of any movie that came out this year.
2: Someone I know who's like not a movie person and I consider to be very dumb posted about it on her story and said, I loved Don't Look Up. I loved how smug it was. And I was like, you enjoyed watching a white liberal spend millions of dollars just to be smug for other white liberals to watch and not on climate change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God.
1: I think when this movie first came out and it's like first two weeks you saw a lot of like Twitter squabbling about it and like non-controversies honestly like I think people just throw around the word discourse like it's just a fucking anything now You and me talking about grapes is now considered a discourse. Uh, Well,
2: grapes are great. (laughs) (laughs) That's discourse.
1: (laughs) But I, I really do think that this movie is going to have real long legs as an explainer type film. In a way that Vice couldn't really muster because we're so detached from the Bush administration. Like we just think, oh, Trump is the worst thing to ever happen to America. That's it's like, okay, no one wants to hear about George W. Bush or Dick Cheney. So that was kind of like a, yeah. a fool's errand. But now that we have something that, you know, he went, he went mega mind with it. He was like, okay, I can't get too topical. Let me just make a movie that is going to hopefully remain in the zeitgeist for like the next 70 years. And I think he made it. I think he fucking made it. It's
2: like how everyone watched like Contagion when the pandemic started. You're totally right. Like when Pete, when- Florida goes under when I have beachfront property. They're going to be people are going to be like, oh, my God, we should watch Don't Look Up tonight. They totally knew what they were talking about.
1: Yeah, I, I
2: we should watch an inconvenient Truth. <laughs> <roof. laughs>
1: I wish uh, when, you know, we were cowering in our fucking dugout basements and, and uh, uh, you know, apocalypse uh, forts that we could all go around the TV set. And watch a little Ridley Scott's Last Duel. I think that would be a, a much more fun time. But I think way more fun. Uh, I think the U.S. government under the Michelle Obama administration is probably going to uh, over live satellite into every TV in America. Uh, it's probably going to broadcast Adam McKay's "Don't Look Up." Don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> While FEMA fails to distribute like bottled water, at least we'll be able to see "Don't Look Up."
2: With the same N95s we're wearing now.
1: <laughs> the ones you get in the mail this week, make sure you save them. That's <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> Not getting any more cheap.
1: Woo! Uh, I, we just, uh, I think we just wrapped up uh, one of our biggest episodes of the year.
2: Huge app. Huge app.
1: Wow. 2021. Happy? We hardly knew you.
2: 2022. Here we go. Folks, thank you so much for listening to Ivers of the Big Boys on the Mary Ground Magazine podcast network. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Please follow us at Mary Magazine. Oh my God. Wow. It's been so long since I've done this. Woo! I don't remember it. Please follow us at MGR Magazine at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, patreon.com slash MGRM. Email us at Ivers of the Big Boys at gmail.com and just DM me or tweet at me. <laughs> Who your dream Bronco Henry is. Because I can't stop thinking about it now.
1: Uh, And look, before we go, let me just give you a little tease of what's to come. (gasps) 2022. Our first miniseries, Aya.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's reveal our (laughs) miniseries.
1: Now, if the Oscars go as planned, this is all subject to scheduling. Yeah. They're going to go on and... Late March, which is absurdly late. What the fuck? Absurdly fucking late. I don't
2: want to still be thinking about some of those shit in late March. Nice.
1: Uh, well, at least this episode will be relevant for at least another two months, which is nice. Hell yeah. So it's always interesting. You know, every year we talk about the best picture winner of that year. We talked about Nomad Land last year. It's a really fun time.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. A treat for us all.
1: And Aya, you always mention you haven't seen that many best picture winners. So, in our lead up to the 2022 Academy Award winner for Best Picture, let's go week by week, a decade at a time. A Best Picture winner from the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s, the 2000s, and the 2010s. Wow. Oscar Palooza, baby. Get ready. Get ready. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: Don't be mad, don't be mad at me, no, no, no,
1: no, daddy, I can't stop it, even if I want it, don't be mad, don't be mad at me, no, 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 no. I miss what you were saying, I was miles away, don't be mad, don't be mad, Now I got a
0: choice, I was busy thinking about boys,
1: boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. I was mad. I about boys, boys, boys. I was busy dreaming about
0: boys, boys, boys. I was busy